0: We are live. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Bounce Mill podcast series. This episode is another segment in We Were in a Cult, where I'm interviewing people that were a part of this wild church that I was also a part of. We talk uh, about our experiences, the positives, the negatives, what we saw, how we felt, where we've landed, and maybe we will answer the question. We were in a cult. But uh in this episode, I've got uh a returning guest, Joe. Go ahead and say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe.
1: <laughs> that was lame. God delete that.
0: Nope. That is staying Jeez. in 100 percent Joe was uh on uh that was uh two years ago. Yeah, it's Man. been a minute. Yeah, you are still so and, and we do have to there's two things I want to do. One, Joe still holds uh the record he is the most listened to dad talk episode on the podcast
1: <laughs> you i would the... say i would say i'm humbled by that but if there's anything that we're going to discuss today is that numbers are important
0: <laughs> that is true yeah. oh my god i,
1: I embrace true. these numbers
0: that should be that should have been on the back of every one of our t-shirts <laughs> growing up um <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude besides so like the very first episode that I ever put out that's just I think that's always going to be the the one that's like when people are visiting the 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 podcast they just go to that one but but yours is like by far there's the it's like there's no one even a close second so
1: yeah it, really no comment I mean I just I don't understand that at all
0: but Which I is was, funny was, because when I first asked you to come on, you were like, "I've got nothing good to say."
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I did. I, I listened to it. It was. <laughs> it's so weird listening to yourself. Um I know, man. But I, you know, that was that was a good time. I had a good time talking to you, and um, it was happy to be back on and talk to you again.
0: Yeah. I also do need to. You also mentioned that I have made a mistake couple of episodes ago referring to the church that i went to i I said it was north point when in reality it was north view church of christ
1: that is correct you confuse the church with the mall
0: yeah that because i i I felt yeah i felt really really sad because you know the north view church has been always has held a special place in my heart uh and those people were great. So, yeah, I didn't go to the North Point Church. That church is huge, by the way.
2: Um, oh, that is an against... actual
1: church. That's right. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Andy Stanley, he leads the North Point Community yeah. Church. Gotcha.
1: Um, which is like right up the road from North View. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with North River, which was <laughs> the other other church in the, the other other church. family of churches. What, lots, what, lots of Norths. On the north side of yeah. town, they're very proud of their directional location.
0: And when you said mall, I forgot that there's a North Point Mall because the yeah, North the Point right Community there. Church. I thought you are making a joke about the church of its sheer size, because when you go to that church, it's like going to a mall.
1: Uh, it also could be uh, another side of the joke is that half the time we met at churches, it seemed like it was in a hotel or
0: a mall. Oh my God. I was always in hotels. Maybe it was never a mall. Always. In, we was, Oh man, I've met in hotels. <clears throat> I've met in conference centers. We've met in Jewish synagogues. Mm-hmm. It was always funny to meet in Jewish synagogues, but I realized it was always easier because their services were on Saturday.
1: That's right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. probably pretty cheap too.
0: Yeah. So maybe they've, <laughs> it's just, it's, we were in so many hotels. Oh my gosh. Every hotel in downtown Atlanta, I've been inside.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I actually knew the guy whose job it was. He worked for the church and his job was basically to just book all the hotels. It was just a constant thing.
0: We were actually, actually our church, this is a fun fact. We're not even into it. We were, um, not allowed to go to one of the Marriott's downtown, for a long time, because a kid dropped something from the forty-second floor.
1: Oh, was that the marquee?
0: Yeah, the Marriott marquee. It's the hollow
1: inside. inside yeah,
0: I wild. got pushed. I got pushed into the glass elevator there one time as a kid, and went all the way to the top. And I was like, a "It panic is." Panic attack in the whole. Oh way. my gosh, man! I st- I think about that, and oh.
1: we met at the uh, the P Street Plaza. It's like the Westin whatever Mm -hmm. they want to call it. And I would have to get there really early because I play guitar and I had to take the service elevator, Mm -hmm. which thank God, I'm scared of heights, definitely afraid. Um, I got in the service elevator and like, something didn't work. The button didn't work. It it didn't stop at the seventh floor. And like, next thing you know, I'm on the 70th floor and I'm just covered in sweat by the time I got back down. Like you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see out. It was just locked in Mm -hmm. this box. It's just knowing that I was on the 70th floor. Yeah, Um, man. That's not really appropriate to anything we're talking about, but I just needed to work that out because, uh, I'm actually sweating talking about it right now.
0: Well, I, I, I don't, I, I think that heights make anybody nervous. Glass elevators for some reason made me incredibly nervous. Like I could get on a roller coaster all those things, but something about going straight up and straight down and, like...
2: Yeah,
1: I don't do good with it.
0: Yeah, and Peachtree Plaza has a giant outdoor glass elevator.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to pay, like, I don't know, it used to be 20 bucks a person or whatever to ride it.
0: Mm-hmm. God, um, get you no thanks. So is this no. the,
1: the hotel talk, hotel, hotel podcast? No, it's...
0: It's fine because, like, not a lot of people understand. Like, our church never had a church building. You know, That's true. Yeah, a,
1: it most yeah. most of the churches that were part of the group of churches that we went to um, mm-hmm. didn't didn't have a building. Nope. It, and there were a couple that had a building, and when you heard about it, like, people would always raise their eyebrows and be like, mm-hmm. "Are they in sin? Is that wrong?" Yeah, and I mm-hmm. and I, for, I forgot what the I forgot what the thought process was on that. It was um, it was
0: about um, we were going to be growing. We didn't want uh, you know yeah, constantly growing. Constantly growing was a theme for the church, and so <laughs> if we had brick or mortar, then that would be stopping our growth.
1: Yeah, you you limited God's growth. Yeah, like you were limiting God if you did that.
0: And, um, so we were always in these, you know, conference centers, the Georgia World Congress Center, um, the InForum. forum, that place was wild. Um, it was just a big place for just conferences to be held. Did yeah, you ever go uh, to a service there? I don't think I ever went there. That the was, world... that's probably OG. Uh, yeah. Like old so, school. so are we,
1: are we talking a little bit about, uh, Geography wise, like city where we're from.
0: I mean, yeah, most people who know me and and the people, I mean, we were. I was part of the Atlanta. We were in the Atlanta part, Atlanta church. Um, so I loved. Were, yeah, go ahead, talk about it. No, I was
1: just gonna say there were there were several, um, I guess, uh, regions around the city that would yeah. have their own independent services. Uh, but there would be like a few times throughout the year where everybody would combine and have the uh the Congo service or Congo the Congo services yeah Congo and, services and when i was in the in the church it was usually held at the world congress center which is a yep. massive convention center Jeez. um and yeah that was always like a extra crazy thing where uh-huh. you try to get there as early as you could and uh come up with some kind of just absurd reason why you were you were serving that day and that you could get in and save seats for somebody
0: saving seats are a big thing
1: yeah you would use like tear a bible in half and put it down in a seat throw your keys down
0: (laughs) I always had a backpack so there'd be like you know a jacket all sorts of things my dad oh my gosh my dad was the king of that he would always have like five different books he was ready well, my dad yeah, yeah, was you always had to bring there. a
1: book. That was it. You had to have uh-huh. like a book because if you put a piece of paper down, forget that. It, yeah, anytime yeah. there was a piece of paper, I would just I would just move that, throw it on the floor.
2: It didn't uh, count.
0: Yeah. My dad was always at Congo services really early because he would do the risers for the choir because he had access to it from the high school he worked at. I used to have to go there. I used to get so mad, but we would get to the Georgia World Congress Center, which is a giant place and we'd be like in the bowels of it you know like like four four floors below the street right Mm -hmm. loading it up on the service elevator we get up there and my dad would get out his 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 briefcase or whatever he was having he had all the seats saved for the family and friends and it was it was very much a, a down to a science (laughs) I was at a church recently uh, and I saw people doing that. And it just brings up feelings, you know, (laughs) like watching people save seats with whatever they could save. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, When I think of that, it's, it's mostly positive. Like, you know, I do scoff at the person that put a piece of paper down with their initial on it. And I'm not even talking a whole piece of paper. I'm talking like dog ear, like rip the corner off of it. Um that was absurd so I mm-hmm. have contempt for that person that tried that move but <laughs> the the fact that we did that um <clears throat> you know it's, it's positive memories it was a good time it was yeah positive.
0: but like people people in in other I mean most churches get a building and then that's all they do they have a building yeah but like for us, I mean, Atlanta is huge. It's it's massive. And you've got people from, if you're from all, any, like, someone from Cobb County is going to have a hard time trying to meet somewhere in Gwinnett County. You yeah. know? And so, like, I get logistically it probably made sense. But you just, I mean, it was just hotels, 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 hotels. I was thinking about that scripture where Jesus says, uh, Fox and ber- foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, I think they would quote no-
1: that in regards to like, why it's cool that we're at this hotel.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah, almost yeah. certain I heard that. Uh, I will say every time I ever go to a concert at the tabernacle, I always say a quiet prayer of gratitude that we never, um, we never bought that building. Um Oh yeah, because
1: they had talked about doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I actually saw I actually saw Kip uh, preach there when mm. we were going to buy it, but there was no place for childcare, so they decided to go against it.
1: There's a couple of places where they have bars now that I think they could have put a couple of daycares or something.
0: They could have. They could have handled that, <laughs> but, just, uh, but it just really is
1: that's like that's my favorite concert venue. Oh, that's amazing, that's, isn't that's, it? That's crazy that that they had talked about buying that.
0: I have seen so many concerts there and it's such a great place for concerts because there's not a bad seat in the place. Right. And you got that giant pipe organ. That's is it? I don't know if it's still there. I haven't been to a show there in years, but yeah, I don't know. It yeah. It's a really cool place. Yeah. So Incubus there. Logging molly at least four times Jeez. anyway yeah there we go yes
1: yeah, so we church. were the ho- we were the hotel church mm-hmm. yeah that was that was one of the things that like stood out immediately when i when i started going to church it was like where's okay there's no building all right cool i guess and then used, they, yeah. they gave an immediate reasoning for it so
0: i i loved exploring those places like one time my brothers and i and my mom we went through all these service doors one time and we went through five buildings in downtown atlanta without going outside (laughs) yeah it was like it was hilarious was just like we were just like going all over like oh oh this door goes to here oh wow this is a tunnel okay oh now we're above the street all right let's see where this goes <laughs> probably broke like eight laws I know yeah yeah we did all right that was good I'm glad I was I was actually just writing about this that's why it's so fresh on my mind <laughs> yeah I mean right. my
1: take my takeaway from it is that it's not all bad
0: yeah it's not all bad <laughs> oh man good times or if you went into I we, or if we you got to a conference room that they hadn't cleaned enough yet like one time there was soda and like snacks from a, a party the night before mm-hmm. like that happened a couple times
1: you and just eat the leftover soda yeah we snacks. just I
0: just I just <laughs> took it like I took a bunch of Cokes put it in my book bag I took like there was like cake or something um, oh my god yeah man I was... leftover cake or like one time <laughs> I mean oh my gosh we could talk for hours about this because there's so many stories about just roaming the Georgia World Congress Center and you just find all sorts of things but we should move this conversation along <laughs> oh my gosh people at church don't understand that we didn't have a building and just meeting in hotels. That was the thing. Yeah. But anyway, so how are you introduced to the church?
1: Mm, um, it was in high school. Uh, There was a guy I was friends with in Spanish class mm-hmm. and he had just, I guess we were just talking and we had become pretty good friends and uh, he had invited me out to uh, a Wednesday night midweek service Wednesday or Thursday, um, uh-huh. and it was just like, um, what was called a, a team ministry service.
2: So
1: mm-hmm. uh, they probably called it a Bible talk. I think it's what it was.
0: I think so, we called it a teen Devo. Uh, teen Not
1: Devo is like something that. else. Oh God, the nomenclature is, is really going to get us on this. We might argue back and forth. It's fine. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So again, I've got nobody, nobody else was there. Um, in this conversation so i'm just relying on my own memory which is probably lying to me but <laughs> it was, so it's a thursday night thing uh i think it was a bible talk but they just did like a little mini lesson or whatever i i've been looking for something um you know i've been tr- you know basically saying to myself i need to go to church uh you know i need to not necessarily get my life right but i guess i just wanted to uh focus more on like my, my spiritual side cause I had grown up kind of going to church here and there and reading the Bible a ton when I was a teenager. So, you know, it just kind of happened that what I felt was felt like was just the right time when, you know, quote unquote, I was seeking God. Um, so, you know, went to that and, uh, you know, just kind of got hooked from there, met a, met a bunch of cool people, people that were mm-hmm. really nice. And, um, you know, again, I, this was a time where I didn't have a, I mean, I had friends, uh, but people had been telling me, "You probably need better friends. You need some new <laughs> friends, like people at school." That's yeah. how that's how bad it was. Is like when you when you've got sixteen and seventeen year olds saying, "You need to you need some better friends, buddy." Um, but so you were th- th- seeking, yeah. Were so seeking. I was, I was seeking. Was that's that the term?
0: Cool. Yeah, you were. You were like you were searching for something. But this it was prior. And I liked, you know, so you weren't a kingdom kid.
1: No, not the not the kingdom kid. Didn't didn't grow up going to church. Um, not uh-huh. not that church.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I had, you know, my parents were I would say pretty spiritual. Um, I don't know if religious is the right word, but you know, they had taught me about God. Uh they had tried to make sure that I had gone to different churches. As they tried different things out in their life Mm -hmm. um so i had like a little bit of a of a background baseline of sunday school knowing who jesus was um i you know they they had like always had a bible laying around the house Mm -hmm. so you know i would when i got a little bit older 12 13 i just picked it up just started reading it and trying to figure it out as best i could um It was the King James version. So I was really good at Shakespeare by the time I made it to high school. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, you know, my my Bible knowledge at that point was like uh, King James Bible and whatever I picked up from televangelists, like, you know, pink haired lady. All the people preaching that the end of the world was coming soon. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Nice um, yeah, yeah and I really bought into a lot of that stuff too, like the rapture and yeah, yeah um
0: so yeah. was it <laughs> so like you have sort of a baseline Shakespearean view of of God and Christianity um and so then you're introduced to us, so you went through the studies. You did the whole thing. You were baptized, right?
1: Yeah. So this is my junior year of high school. Um, I was 17. And, you know, at that Bible talk thing, they asked if I wanted to study the Bible. And I was like, cool. So that just means I'll sit down with a couple people. We'll read some scriptures. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk about it. It'd be kind of like an even discussion kind of thing. Mm-hmm um and then i got there and it was very much a one-sided thing um where there were you know a few people that i had met at at the the bible talk thing the mm-hmm.
2: little church
1: event uh the few people that i met there that were about the same age as me and the guy that that had invited me um and then they basically started telling me how things were um, so that was a little, I was a little, li- it, I was a little, uh, you know, caught on the wrong foot there. Um, if you understand what I'm saying, like, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit.
2: Probably jarring
0: um, to say the least. Yeah.
1: A little, a little jarring, but then yeah. I started like trying to take some of that stuff to heart because, you know, I was, you know, trying to live what I, what I thought was, you know, a good life. So, um, yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of did that and started the whole study series. And then by, I think by the second study, I noticed that the guy that had invited me out to church wasn't invited to be a part of the next study. And then that's, yeah. And that's, that's when I started to understand a little bit more about the structure of the church. It was because he was not himself. They baptized what they called disciple. Um he was- he was studying himself, so he was he was studying the Bible, and you know, as part of that he had invited me out you know to church, so that was a little weird,
0: yeah, it's interesting that you say that because i I could remember when I brought someone out and i when he was in the studies, I wasn't in a lot of them. Because we were in different we were in different ministries in camp, yeah, we were in different ministries. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, was that hard? because I mean, I guess you built a friendship with this guy. and like, I mean he's not the, I was still in Spanish we,
1: class with him. I mean, we're still friends, still hung out. Right. Uh, like, um, I ended up, you know, fast forward like I was at this guy's house all the time, just hanging yeah. out with him and his brother. Um, And his parents were great people and had like kind of this open house of just, you know, letting whatever random teenager come in and hang out that wanted to be there could be there. Um, (laughs) Nice. We played basketball there like several times a week. So, I mean, you know, he and I still had a relationship, but it was just it was a little it was strange at first. Yeah. And that that might be a theme of what we talk about in that there were a lot of things that were strange at first. And then someone usually has an explanation for it and it usually makes pretty good sense. As long as you don't scratch too far beneath the surface. Um, so, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it just kind of made sense. He, he was studying or whatever. So he, he wasn't baptized. So he didn't, he didn't have all the knowledge necessary to to train and teach me. Uh, he, he had to focus on his own like spiritual journey and, you know, do his own Bible studies. Um, and I mean, then, yeah, it,
0: it, it makes sense on paper. Yeah. Right. And then he
1: had eventually stopped, he had eventually stopped his studies. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And, and so since he stopped, you know, I, I kept going. So there's just like at a certain point I was beyond where he was in the, uh, the progression path. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, you know, the way I understood it was like, okay, you know, they, they told me pretty early on that the, the way to be right with God was to believe in Jesus, to repent of your sins and to be baptized. And when you were baptized is when you were officially saved. Um, and then you were, then you were a disciple of Jesus mm-hmm. disciple, big D. Um, big yeah. D. And then everything was good. And then you, then you went on and you tried to make other disciples and, you know, that was the whole point of the thing.
0: Now was that different? Like, that God and that idea, was that different than what you found prior to the church or did it line up? Or was this like something you had to like get behind?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because I think a lot of it lined up. Mm -hmm. Like I I had questioned before the baptism thing, because like I said, I had done a lot of personal reading of the Bible and, you know, I can see in there, Mm -hmm. they say you need to be baptized. There's several scriptures about it. So, you know, I kind of already had that in the back of my mind that maybe I should do that. Um, You know, everybody else told me, well, you didn't need to do that. All you had to do was pray Jesus into your heart. You know, like any church service I went to outside of this church, there would always be uh, a point in the service where they would ask people to come up. And you could, like, kind of go up to the stage or the edge of the stage or whatever, and there'd be somebody there to pray with you. And then if you accepted Jesus, then you were saved um mm-hmm. you know and then the people on tv would would do it some form of that too uh yeah i was at a concert sinner's, and sinners prayer or something like that
0: yeah i was at a concert festival selling coffee one time and saw fifteen thousand people do that yeah you know so
1: I, I, I i think i did it like when i was watching one of the televangelists one day or something
0: yeah mm-hmm. you know
1: so i i had personally done that but but i always kind of had in the back of my mind the whole baptism thing so you know, that kind of fit in like my my image of God was not that much different. Didn't feel that different from what was presented to me. Yeah. Um. You know, to me, to me, the God that was presented was kind of like the standard American God. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. He's he's the all powerful sky father. He's mm-hmm. he watches over you, everything you do, and he's constantly weighing and judging you and you needed to be in the right way of thinking and you needed to uh you know be at a good point in your life where you weren't like sitting like crazy uh before you died so that you could be accepted into heaven yeah so 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 that was kind of the god that i understood He was a he was a vengeful god he was a loving god but also very much constantly judging you so you needed to have your life right the the, the only thing that was different was the dogma. It, it was yeah. what was different were, were the rules and the way uh, the Bible was presented.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. So like, so you get baptized, you do the whole thing that we did. Um, How did it change? Like how did life change for you? Like after that,
1: it felt pretty massive.
0: It really? felt like a very
1: drastic change for me. In what uh, way? I mean, there were there were personal changes. It was it was the things that in my life that I thought were sin that I stopped doing. It, you know, for mm-hmm. a 17 year old, I was I gosh down, there was there's no sexual activity, so to speak. Um <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's I wasn't out drinking smoking uh-huh. or anything like that, but it was like it was more just like overall lifestyle. It's like, what what do you consume? What do you watch on TV? What kind of movies are you watching? How are you talking? I cuss like a sailor. So I had to yeah. I had to learn to not speak a certain way, which was incredibly difficult. Um, I remember one time <laughs> being at a basketball game in high school, like my friend who had brought me out to church, he was like, You want to go to the basketball game with some of the church people? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, let's go. And, and we're there, and it's like, I got real into it, man. Like, I'd never been to a high school basketball game before in my life, but uh, here I was, like, cheering for our team. And I was like, it, whenever there's a bad call,
2: it's like, yeah, that, Raffi, that's some, that's some bullshit.
1: And, I was, and I, looked, I was like, I probably need to learn not to cuss so much. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> And There were several people from the church there, so they were probably just like, What is this guy doing, man? This guy's <laughs> nuts.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: But I mean, like, like by and large, like the way I live my life didn't I mean it was different. Um, like yes and no. Like I didn't I didn't go from being like a, a crack addict to being clean, but it was just most of it was social. Yeah. It was one, I I started hanging out with people that had a totally different view on life, you know, on what their purpose in life was. Um, mm. you know, the people I, I was hanging out with before were more into like, you know, drugs and rock and roll probably would have taken the sex if they could have gotten it, but it was probably not on the table. Um, like those are the guys I was hanging with. And these people were more like, I want my life to be around right God. Uh, also it's like, I want to do good in school because that shows people, you know, presents a good image for what a good yeah. Christian is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my grades started going up. I, I was starting to like fail out of a bunch of classes. I was, I was in all these honors classes and, uh, that semester before I got converted, I, I failed like three classes. I just had, I didn't really have any motivation. I was probably depressed, but didn't realize it. Um, uh, But I, you know, I just didn't, didn't care about anything. And then all of a sudden I had things to care about and, you know, I I was excited about life. I was excited to do better in school. I was excited about the, all, all this, all these new social opportunities that I had, you know, to build good friendships Um, and this, this wonderful part of the church where once you got baptized, You got to go on dates with girls.
0: Oh yeah, not date girls.
1: Not not really something that was on the table for me before. I mean, I just
0: well, congratulations. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think we'll get to it. It worked out well for me in the end.
0: It did. It did. Um, I just I had such a different view of it, but I just I was yeah, I was born into it. Um, (laughs) You know, I think about. When I, when I, when I got baptized or when I was, I didn't get baptized in the teen ministry, but in college, but like when I was quote unquote, what they thought I was serious. The thing that shifted for me the most was the amount of time I didn't have Mm. like, like a Sunday, like Sunday was, was like all day. Right. Yeah, Man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it, that that was the other thing too like i was a a young man of limitless energy um i which is so far from the way <laughs> i feel now but you know I'd get up at 6 30 go to school uh you're done by like 2 30 i had to be at work by like 2 45 3 o'clock i went to work mm-hmm. for you know three or four hours and then would do whatever church thing and in high school, we did, we did Sundays, like, the main service with the whole body of the church. Um, uh, Thursdays was a, a teen only, like, usually some sort of a devotional, where you would try to, devotional Bible talk, you try to invite somebody out to, it was a great event to invite visitors to, to try to convert them, and then on Saturday, we would do dates and stuff, Uh, and then by the time we got to, we'll cover campus ministry in a minute, I, I suppose, but by the time we got to campus that like it, it's it was all consuming yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's, it's very much is it. like you didn't you didn't have time to get into trouble
2: yeah because no, you're just you doing didn't. so
1: much church stuff like church became your life and that was one of the primary teachings that was taught is like you had to devote your life to the kingdom that's one of the studies uh is you know you devoted your life to the kingdom and that church was every everything um and that you, you needed to be willing to give up everything for church and a large part of that will give up everything for church meant you didn't miss any services
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: so no, hey i gosh. was i was on board man again 17 18 years old i was having a good time you know all these i had some really really great friendships um you know, ones yeah. that I look back on extremely fondly.
0: I used to think about where y'all lived, and I used to get so jealous because a lot of you guys were close to each other in like proximity, and mm-hmm. like went to the same high school. So my I was the only one at my high school besides my brothers. Um, so it was it was always. Like, oh my gosh, it was. It just you, you felt alone a little bit, yeah. And it was hard because a lot of the people that in our in our side were at different schools, you know. So,
1: yeah, yeah I I could I could tell that like I knew that that was a thing. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't really know how to process it, but so I went to school in in Gwinnett, which is on like the northeast side of town, and you were in Cobb. Yeah. But the school I went to in Gwinnett, the high school was like it was the school mm-hmm. that most people went to. Mm-hmm. So usually families would cluster around like a certain school district so that their kid most of the kids could be in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the one where I was at. Uh so there were uh, you know, definitely dozens of people from church that that went to that school in you know i don't know what the numbers are there were i want to say there were like 13 13 people that were quote unquote baptized disciples in in mm-hmm. my senior class like 10 girls, yeah. three guys but then it just got more and more as you went down the age group um so it's like that was the other thing too is like now i started sitting with all those people at lunch so you go to lunch and there'd be you know 15 people from church that you're hanging out with
0: yeah, it was, it was hard to like, you know, cause a lot of the issues or a lot of things that like I've talked about with people, you know, it's that word geographic always comes up, hmm. you know, which it was just a geographic thing. You know, like we were the only one, me and my brothers went to the high school we went to cause that's where my parents landed, you know, and there were people that were seeing each other like all the time yeah because they just they just happened to be able to do that you know
1: yeah i, I knew it was tough for guys like you because oh. they would <clears throat> you know part of like once i got to a certain point in my studies i was allowed to go to the uh the after the sunday after church service that was the team devo That's i think is what sunday they
0: after
2: oh yeah man. so
1: so you go to church you'd be done at 11 11 30 everybody go eat at the mall Went to went to eat at that Gwinnett Place Mall where they filmed the Stranger Things.
2: Uh-huh.
1: um Spent a lot of time at that mall, and then you book it across town to get to the Teen Devo service. So you know, maybe after a month or so of of going to church, I started doing that. Um, you know, and that's where you had to kind of like be progressing in your studies and be serious about things. I've I've heard you talk about that before. <laughs> sorry, sorry to rub salt in that wound. Um,
0: yeah, dude, because I got I got. I was asked to leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah.
1: I get what they were going for.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Again, there was always
1: a, you know, a halfway decent reason, as long as you didn't think about it too much.
0: So the reason that, so what, what it was told to me, for instance, was like, cause on our side of town, you had on, on our, our, ours were Wednesday. So Wednesday night, you had wherever the the east or the the west were meeting you had like the regular kids div- devo right but then you had like the kids who were serious got to go somewhere else hmm. and i think what had happened was that they used to have it for everybody but then there were a lot of there were some kids that were going that were causing trouble and yeah. so there was, there might've been a decision that was made to where they were like, no, we only need to have kids that are like, I think it was like, you had to be in like the third study or above. Yeah. And then you were allowed to go to this.
1: There, there was a point in the studies and there were probably like eight studies, give or take. Yeah. Um, and so. depending on the person, but you had to, you had to be past certain, certain study. Maybe it was cross study. Yeah. Um, Mm-mm. maybe it was sin study no so you, it was... you had to you had to demonstrate you had to do something yeah you know uh faith is you know what was it um
0: faith is works yeah yeah you're
1: not you're not saved by by grace alone I said, really lean yeah. lean hard into the book of james and just yeah. completely forget the book of romans uh-huh. um one of which, which is actually written by the person that it says it was written by and one of them Probably not, but we can cover that in the theology podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: where I've had a lot more to drink. <laughs> but you had to you had to demonstrate something, right? You had to prove something to somebody else because somebody was watching you.
2: Yeah. And somebody
1: right. was assessing your life
2: mm-hmm.
1: through some some form or fashion. And then the person that there was somebody that made a decision about whether or not you went. And it usually wasn't the person that was directly mentoring you. Nope. They were looking at it kind of from a distance.
0: Yeah. So So... like from what was told to me or what I remember, the, the teen workers got together and were like, he's not serious enough. He shouldn't go. Do you feel like you were serious enough, Roy? What? Do you feel like you were serious enough? I was trying my hardest to figure out, like to do what I thought I was supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, I'm not talking about whether or not it's right or wrong to decide whether a 16, 17 or 18 year old should be a part of an inclusive group regarding spirituality and self-worth and eternal salvation. I'm asking if you thought you met those criteria that somebody had arbitrarily come up with.
0: I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't. I, I think thought it's bullcrap. I was do- Like you
1: thought you you thought you were. You thought you were. I thought
0: I was. Yeah. And the reason that it's so hard for me is you're 16. I was 16 mm. or 17 doing everything I could to to do what people thought I was supposed to be doing. And I felt mm. this immense pressure and what that told me was that I was a bad person. Mm. And that I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, why? I remember having a we did a study or whatever, and I remember confessing that I got mad at my mom about some shoes that she bought me and I didn't like them. And it was like, this one's, I think, oh, I was counting the cost. I thought I was going to do the counting the cost. And we started talking. And then I got mad about some shoes. And they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not. A, a, a disciple wouldn't do that, or to some extent. And then that next Wednesday is when this teen worker showed up solo, because usually there'd be a couple kids, and we'd be going. He showed up, wanted to talk to me. But like I was trying. And... Yeah. It show, like it hurt me enough that like here i am at 42 in a therapy session crying about this yeah because of you know i'm a bad person for for like and then it's like i started thinking like was it because i was mad at my mom <laughs> like i mean i i apologized we talked about it we're fine it's just like this thing and like somebody decided He's not serious enough, he can't go anymore. And that was like, I mean, it sucked. There's so much shame that you feel, so much like embarrassment. Because then I got walked to the other kid's like room, right? And it's just my brothers and like just these random people. And they're like, Here you go. All right, I'll see you later. And that team worker left you know
1: yeah that's sad i don't know what to say
0: yeah, yeah it's fine.
1: it's it's really sad i mean you know it's I don't know, it just it just shouldn't have happened that way like the situation is completely mishandled like
0: yeah yeah like and... even
1: within the structure of the thing it was mishandled like and that that was the thing that i always tried to do because there would be things that would pop up that didn't sit right with me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I would try to say to myself, well, maybe, maybe that's a flaw in the person that handled the situation. And it's not a flaw with the church structure, you know, because I wanted to believe in, in the way the church was presented because the church was presented as being the one true church, that mm-hmm. when, when you, when you study the Bible, like you were, you were actually transforming yourself to learn how to be like Jesus. And then you would be baptized. You'd be accepted into God's church and that the church you were going to all these people was God's church. These are the people you're going to see in heaven and, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're, you're doing everything you can to help each other get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to believe in that structure of the church. Because another thing that was taught about the church that I don't I don't know it, you would have had to ask me at different points in time how much I bought into it, but one of the main tenets was this was the one church. If you weren't mm-hmm. in the church, then you were not saved. Then yeah. you didn't believe the right thing, therefore you were not going to heaven, and so that would have rocked my world a little bit if. I saw something about the church structure that was wrong and then maybe the house of cards starts tumbling down. So if I saw something happen, like what happened to you, I would have probably said to myself, okay, those guys didn't do a good job of that. That's kind of what I was getting at before those Mm -hmm. guys didn't do a good job of assessing whether or not he was truly sold out. There's, there's our euphemism our first euphemism, maybe Uh, whether or not he was truly committed and this could have been sorted out without hurting him. Like, that's the way I would have thought about it. Wow. And and that's some serious mental gymnastics. Right? It is,
0: man, because because like I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't doing, you know, drinking alcohol. I was showing up to all these things. I was trying. I wasn't having sex. I wasn't even convincing people to not get baptized. I was just like, I don't know, it's weird. I, I, I hey, used to bad mouth think... your mom piece of crap. I also remember that I didn't cry during the cross study. Yeah. And I used to think I I had this big thing that like, I, I needed to cry. So in, when I came back and in the campus ministry, I remember they did the cross study. I was like, please let me cry. I was in my car before the study about to get out and was like, God, I hope I cry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What a weird thing for you to have to go through.
0: <laughs> so weird, so weird. But so uh, I didn't. I didn't
1: have that. I I didn't walk into the cross study thinking that
2: because you didn't know.
0: You I just, didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. But I could
1: tell that that's what they were trying to get me to do.
2: Oh, I yeah, could yeah, tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. I was an idiot, but I was a smart idiot. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Like I could tell, okay, these guys really want me to cry, but it's like there were no tears. I felt really, really bad. I felt like a piece of crap. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to feel. The idea of the cross is you're supposed to connect with what physically happened to Jesus and understand that all these terrible things that happened to him, all the yeah. agony that he went through was directly focused at you. It was for it was because of you, yep, and for you. Yep. So you did this to him, you uh-huh. put him through this but now you can be saved and free from all that sin and pain and all that guilt because he's done this thing for you so that that's a it's a very powerful thing the way it's presented but yeah yeah some people are like super heavy-handed with it and just wanted wanted you to cry yeah um i didn't cry at mine roy lucky i still got through
0: and you got baptized, but I had a guy afterwards. He's like, "Yeah,
1: I thank I you. I think you really feel this, so don't you? I think you I think you really understand it?" And I was like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it sucks."
0: <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, we had we 25 years ago. Yeah, I just God, I was so happy. I cried. Oh, I was so <laughs> happy. Awful. I cried. What
1: an awful I was, thing to say. I was
0: so pumped because I knew. They're gonna see it, and I'll get to move on.
1: Hmm. Yes, yes. Why do um, you want to move on?
0: Because, man, it was it was when you're when you're in our shoes, it's this is it. So, I didn't yeah. want what what else was there, you know. I, I I didn't want I wanted what people had. I wanted to be included in something. I think that's that's essentially what drove drove my um, sort of quest for salvation, life in the church was wanting to be included into something. You know,
1: now, was it a, was it like mainly a social thing or was it also like
0: a as I look thing, as I look back. And as I've been, like, really diving into this, it's probably... I think it's mostly social. I really wanted to feel a part of something. Because, like, yeah, I was born into it, but I wasn't born into, like, the, the upper levels of this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents were a part of it for... They had been a part of it since almost the, the beginning. But we were not these people that were the the upper level, the the it crowd. I guess you could say that. And yeah. being a kid who <clears throat> didn't play sports, didn't do things that were cool, didn't have a lot of money. You just you're just not a part of things like in life in general. Like you're going to school, you're gonna be someone on the outside. But like I was born into something where I was supposed to already be on the inside. You know? Yeah. But I wasn't. I felt just as outside in the place that was supposed to be the answer as I did at at, at school. And it was easier to reconcile with with that in in like high school than it was in the church does that make sense like that's where I was always like this doesn't make sense but then for us what we were good at was like making sure you knew you just don't get it. you need to listen what I'm saying kind of kind of thing. it was always yeah. like you're prideful or you know you're not reading the Bible. The right way. This is what you're supposed to get out of it, you know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't know why what happened to you happened to you. I but I saw it happened <laughs> to a lot of other people, man. I did. Yeah. Like, you, you, like I'm telling you, I picked up on a lot of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of it just had to do with. You said you said you don't like the word geographically, but it's just half of it was just where you went to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you were, if you were at a place where there were more people, then you were, you were considered more of the in crowd. You, Mm -hmm. you had way more opportunities to connect with people socially, um, you know, and connect you to things.
0: Yeah. I I used to, I I used to want to go because y'all's school was closer to what, like I grew up with. Right. It was a multicultural, it was a bunch of working class families.
1: Right. It felt very blue-collar. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was very multicultural. And I'd love that about the school I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a lot of reason why my kids go to the school they go to, because I just think it's good for them to be with people from different backgrounds and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it definitely was that. And I I I could I picked up on it like once, you know, once I got baptized and, you know, I I had a good a little over a year after I got baptized that I was in that team ministry and I had pretty good exposure to, you know, interacting with the people that went to, went to church and school across town. You know, you could see that there were certain people that were like more, uh, more jacked in, more, more like, what's the word? Uh, Like everything kind of like like centered around like one main school. I think it was Walton high school was the main one out there. And it usually tended to be pretty close to where the the ministry leader lived um, and where Mm -hmm. he sent his kids. So uh, if you didn't go to that, then it was just, it was tougher. It it was, it was tougher. You know, and, and once people got a little older, if you didn't drive, then it was even harder. So oh, yeah. I drove, so I, yeah. I I got used and abused as far as like driving people all across town. uh, oh, like, hey Joe, can you study the Bible with this guy in Gainesville, which was like 45 minutes away from where I live? You know, I loved it. He's a great guy. I love hanging out with him, but man, if he called me last minute before the church service, you know, I I'd, I'd be driving 45 minutes, driving 100 miles an hour at the interstate trying to get this guy so I can get him to church because being in church, was the most important thing yeah um so anyway
0: (laughs) sorry i'm laughing because so when i came back to camp when i came back to church it was the uh i think it was the it was right before a campus retreat and somebody heard i had a van i don't know how they did or like (laughs) i had a car and i got asked by someone that i barely knew for a ride to the campus retreat before I knew it I was taking six people
1: you're driving from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach or something yeah, like that uh-huh yeah with all, it was it with was a hilarious. whole bunch of people you barely know
0: yeah and I had to like yeah. beg for gas money yeah and probably didn't get half of what you needed no yeah but yeah. anyway but yeah it's it's interesting so it's like tough. what were some like so you get to high school, you get through, you graduate, you went on to the campus ministry. I mean, what were the, what were the good things, the positive things about it? Did it get worse? Did it get better? I don't know.
1: So I guess I got to talk about like my experience in high school briefly, and then the transition
0: to uh-huh. campus.
1: So overall it was a pretty good experience in, in high school. And I felt like I started learning the rules of the game. Um, and what I mean by that is I started learning uh how how to be spiritual and that if you weren't a part of the church that might mean one thing um what i meant was how to make it look like other people thought you were spiritual and that wasn't necessarily my goal i did i did want to be spiritual like i always felt like i was genuine like i wanted to do the right thing um but at the same time, like I also knew the things that I I needed to do. And and so that meant going out on as many dates as you could because you needed to encourage girls. And also that wasn't really tough for me because I wanted to go on dates with girls. um, <laughs> Yeah. And you, you it, the this becomes much more of an issue in campus. You weren't usually you weren't always going on a date with the girl that you wanted to, you know, but.
0: No, you, you weren't.
1: But, you know, you're going out, you're having fun. And, and the dates usually consisted of at least a double date where there's one other guy, and one other girl. So me being like the driver and being a little older, I'd go, I'd go pick them up and kind of leave the date and plan everything. Um, Roy, I was also working at a time I spent so much of at that time was priceless treasure. Just taking these girls to TGI Fridays or what, <laughs> or, what or whatever golf course or mini golf course. Um, that, that was it. So I was doing that. That was uh, your place. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> uh, the mini golf. Yeah, absolutely. Mini golf.
0: Mine was Willie's. Um, yes, excellent. Willie's. Yeah, Willie's Mexican Grill. It's hard to kill time at Willie's though. Nah. They they started to get better because they it made it more of like they would have. I mean, we weren't drinking alcohol, but like they would put it was more of a bar atmosphere, so you could sit longer.
1: Yeah. Will yes, yeah. nice? Um but yeah, then then like you know, I was in as many Bible studies as I could be in on.
0: And you were in a couple of mine.
1: They had recently swapped the 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 team ministry leader. Like you have one guy that was over your, your region, then there yeah. was another guy that was on the region, but also over like the entire ministry. Mm-hmm. And so they swapped our regional leader and moved like the guy who's the entire ministry leader over. And I was and he ended up living like half a mile from my house. And again, geography paid off. So anytime there's a Bible study or whatever, it's usually at his house. So I was just there all the time, just like just doing tons and tons of Bible studies with people. Um, so you, the idea behind the Bible studies is, you know, you you would invite people out to come to church services and stuff and you would try to study the Bible with them. But also if somebody else brought somebody out, then you would try to get in on the studies and and, and help that person along, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: usually there would be like three, four or five people in on a Bible study. So I was doing that a ton. Um, I ended up like discipling another person in high school, which was a big deal. So the way the structure was, was like, once you got baptized, you were assigned a discipling partner and by partner, they meant someone over you, uh, yeah. by over you. They mean like they, they were the one that would give you advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, this is your partner. You are not equals. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, we got to so, talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. Yes. Go ahead.
0: Because so if you can't tell from now by now i mean i'm 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 close to you like listeners i'm close to this guy it was always so frustrating in campus being assigned someone instead of like naturally like talking to someone right, right. because you were in on one of my studies and you came up to me after a study which rarely ever any rarely people did and so I was just naturally inclined to talk to you, but I wasn't technically allowed to talk to you. I mean, I could talk to you about stuff, but like the guy I need to talk to was this dude that was assigned to me.
1: Yeah. Even if you talk to me, you still had to talk to another person. Yeah. Like you had to check in with them at least once a week. Yeah. You, you oh, confess your God. sins. Talk about what's going on. Make sure you're paying your money. Uh, are you, are you <laughs> how's, sure your jo- how's your job going? Did you flunk out of school? Uh, you know, how many times did you touch yourself? <laughs> you, you, you check everything <laughs> off the list,
0: but like for the last, I don't know, let's say since 2001, you're the guy I go to for that kind of stuff. But like, I like, but for a better part of our friendship, it was like I had to go to someone else, yeah, which was so weird, right. It was weird. Yeah. Like
1: you, you hated to. There was a certain time of the year where you yeah. would get assigned to someone else, and you, you were just praying you didn't get stuck with. You didn't want. You didn't want to get stuck with someone, like if you had any sort of ambition. You didn't want yeah. to get stuck with someone that didn't. Oh, that's the right word.
0: They weren't sold out enough.
1: No, I don't want to be a jerk uh, and say the wrong thing, but that's like. Right you wanted to have somebody uh of some sort of note maybe uh, more plugged some, in plugged in high regard
0: yeah
2: uh-huh
1: like if if you wanted to be the guy that discipled more people if you wanted to take on more responsibility which was kind of the track I was trying to be on. Uh-huh. Like one a more responsibility, not just to look better, but it's like, I want to do more. I want to, my thought was, I want to do more for God. I want to use my talents for God. I want to help other people. Um, so you're hoping to get put with someone that's going to help you towards that goal. Yeah. That well, was the way I get looked just, at
0: it. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> maybe it's like, you know, in the movie, uh, the, the, uh, miniseries band of brothers, Mm-hmm how they felt about their um what was his rank sobel was that the guy do you remember that show miniseries band of brothers yeah, There's, yeah, I've there's seen lieutenant, it a couple times lieutenant winters is the oh, guy well. who ended up leading everybody yeah he goes from being lieutenant he gets like battlefield promoted several times yeah because because the his his exo was killed in the plane but anyway so there was sobel and nobody wanted him because Mm. of his leadership style and he didn't really know what he was doing, but everybody wanted Lieutenant winners, you know? Right. So there were specific people that you were like, if I'm going to make it or if I'm going to ascend or if I'm going to like get more responsibility, I need to be with that guy, you know? So I I think
1: there's a lot of stories that I'm not Mm going to get to tell. It makes me sad, but this is a (laughs) a good time to kind of like transition to campus Mm -hmm. ministry because in a lot of ways, the church was very much structured like a military hierarchy. Yeah. And if you really look at the roots of that, the guy that kind of started the church as it was known. So are we, ta- are, we are we saying what the church is called?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I use ICOC. Okay,
1: this is ICOC. Can we mm-hmm. say what it stands for?
0: International Churches of Christ. International
1: Churches of Christ. So there was a guy that started the International Churches of Christ, as I understand it, mm-hmm. it, it like officially becomes that in the late '80s, something like that.
0: Yeah, the, it was, the Gimple's uh, living room. Well, uh, so it was it was the Crossroads Ministry, which was in Gainesville, Florida. In Gainesville. And that starts in
1: like late '60s, early '70s, yeah. and, and then, then he, a lot of those guys split off around the country. They had a main guy that mentored them. Those uh-huh. guys split off and became a part mm-hmm. of campus ministries that that were in the Church of Christ. Yeah. Also known they, as the mainline church of Christ. And, and, and so they and, would
0: they would they would go to these other churches and there'd be a lot of growth. But he gets, I don't know how he got to Boston, but he goes to Boston and he's with people, and that's how the church starts, these these certain people, and he wants to start. The the yes the church mm-hmm. he starts
1: the church and um, the thirty would be disciples the thirty would be disciples in the Gimple's living room. So yeah. I recently looked up a YouTube video because I like pain and I don't deserve to be happy. <laughs> but
0: did you find I, a KNN video?
1: It, no, it was him. It was like Kip. It, it, the guy's name is Kip McKean. He's the only one I'm going to call out by name. You can cut it out if you want. But
2: no, I um, don't.
1: the reason I bring this guy up by name and nobody else is because he's still doing the same stuff. Yeah. He's still doing the same stuff. All these years later, most of us that did all these things before in the past, that bought in a lot of stuff, we don't believe that stuff. We recognize the aspects of it that were hurtful to other people. We reform them. We try to we try to do do things differently. Whether we're still going to church or not, we're trying to do it differently. This guy just gets keep getting kicked out of churches and moving his grip to somewhere else, which and... is which
0: is funny because, like, you hear about the lawsuits and you hear about these things, mm-hmm. and it's all of the acronyms get muddy because some of them refer to the ICOC, some of them refer to the ICC, which is the church he started after ours, and oh, then you have and then I've, similar. And then I find documents where they he talks about church history and talks about our church and that how this that our church wasn't wasn't sold out enough. Those that's right. are that's in the documents that he talks about. And that so then the, now there's the ICC. So some of these lawsuits are actually ICC people, not ICOC. Mm. It's It's just really it's it's a wild, wild thing.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it because we know, don't need I, to. I'll, I'll sound like a hateful, bitter person. But the, the main thing I, I did want to point out mm-hmm. is that this guy, is, his dad was like an admiral in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So I think what he did was he took kind of the church hierarchy structure that he was trained in and he took his upbringing. It, it, I'm not a psychologist, it, but he took his upbringing and he he just blended the two things together. And so the thing that I ended up in, in my late teens and in my first couple of years of college, very much had a a hierarchy structure. There was a guy that was over the church that was Kip. There were these regional uh, world sector leaders that were over like different parts of the world. Uh, Well, yeah, geographical
0: sector leader, regional sector leader.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you ended up with like a guy who was over over the, the church in your city. Mm-hmm. And then you had ministry leaders at each like main region of the city. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, what happens is like, uh, OK, so I ended up going to Georgia State, which is downtown Atlanta. And I was I was kind of recruited to go down there. Some people from the church, they had like this event. They tried to, you know, try to get people to go to these different ministries. And they try to tell you what a good thing it would be for you to go down there. I met some people I like that I really connected with. I'm still friends with. And
0: I didn't um, know that.
1: Yep. And actually told this to my wife the other day. She didn't know it either. But uh, you know, ended up ended up going to that. So it's like I, I felt like included and connected kind of from the get go. Um but once I got there, like things really started ramping up, and I was kind of warned beforehand, it's like, oh, campus ministry is very, very serious. Um, you know, get ready for it. And it's like, you're in for it, buddy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I had been assigned a discipler as soon as I got there, and I was gonna live in this apartment with him and two other guys. And the discipler I was assigned to was actually someone that I had hoped that I would be assigned to because he had gone to the same high school as me and I kind of knew of him and he seemed like a cool guy or whatever. So, um, that actually worked out. It just seemed like God. It just seemed like, um, seemed like the perfect situation I wanted to be in. And you get there and it's just, things just got cranked up to 11. Um, it's a distinct difference living with your parents My parents didn't go to the church. They had had studied for a while and that's kind of its own thing, but they didn't go. But, um, you know, my brother did. My brother actually got converted. Um, And but going from that environment to now you live with these people. And also, you know, you're just living on your own for the first time. And it's my first year of college it just, it just became all consuming. Mm -hmm. Uh, church was everything. So you went from going to church a couple of times a week and going on dates and hanging out with people. That's great too. You, you live with, you live with these people. I live with the guy who discipled me. I live with a guy that I'm still kind of friends with now that he was a bit older. He was in law school. Um, you know, these guys were really good mentors, but also not to throw shade on them, but the entire structure, all the households that I knew of were like this. Everything was up for scrutiny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every, everything was up for being considered whether it was a sin or not. And so your your every action from the time you got up in the morning to the time you went to bed at night and also whether what, what happened while you were asleep at night may be scrutinized as to whether or not it was a sin, mm-hmm. whether or not you need to talk about it, pray about it to change it. And so I was constantly feeling like I needed to just to be better, to improve myself, which was good. So that that's going to be one of the things I'm going to say later on. It's like one of my takeaways is I was able to like continuously improve myself, but the other side of that is you're just never quite good enough. Yeah. Never quite good enough.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I've seen seen you take that in. Um,
0: No, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, that's a theme that has, has made its way into every, every area of my life. You know, I mean, I was lucky. I didn't have, I didn't live with, with guys i got to live i had to live with my parents because that's all i could afford you know i couldn't afford to live you know outside of my parents house so i kind of like people kind of i don't know i got to fly under the radar a little bit you know i wasn't i mean i was always scrutinized i mean let's i'm not saying i wasn't scrutinized i mean yeah i was always called i was always like People but, were talking, but you only,
1: and because I was there for it,
0: you only got <laughs> called out on the things that people saw. Yes, I only got called out on the things that people. You only saw. got
1: called out on the things you yep. let people see.
0: When I went to that Dave Matthews Band concert instead so of going to church on a Wednesday,
1: but I knew people that went to a Dave Matthews Band concert. They just didn't make the mortal sin of, yeah, doing it on a Wednesday.
0: Oh God, yeah, I know. But anyway. But yes, yeah, yeah. so you were scrutinized. You were scrutinized. Yeah, you you know, felt it. I mm-hmm. felt that
1: way. Um, you know, but well, no, like, again, I still kind of bought in for the most part. There were there were things that would happen that would kind of take the shine off of things a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Or I'd be like, that's a little screwed up. But I would usually excuse it like I did before of saying that was a person that mishandled a situation Mm -hmm. or that was a a person that abused their power. And the power came from the hierarchy. And
0: it sounds like you, and and I do think I was doing this too. It's this theme of like, you're making it, it's making excuses, right. Or just kind of like just trying to rationalize it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had to, you, yeah. because you want to be a part of God's true church, but also this guy is a royal a hole, and he's <laughs> he's he's not doing the right thing. Like yeah. he's telling people they're in sin, and it's like I don't think that that's a sin. You know, and I'm using this generally because like I saw several people do it. You know, or I would yeah. be in on Bible studies with someone trying to convert someone, and w- something that would inevitably happen. Was you had to, you had to find a gotcha moment with the person. Oh, those so, gotcha! And, and you try to do that pretty early on, uh-huh. and there would, there would often be some extreme mental gymnastics employed with why that meant that that gotcha. That means you're not right with God, and therefore you need to get right with God, and here's how you do it. Yep. So that was that was a part of the whole conversion process. You had to break somebody down before you build them up. And the breaking down mm-hmm. had to get them to acknowledge that they were not saved. So so I would see that happen in Bible studies. Um and then you know, m- maybe my own psyche just protects myself. I don't remember doing that to people, but I'm sure I did at some point. So I'm sorry to anybody that I did that to. But it was also, the gotcha was also employed on a on a consistent basis in the, the cycling relationships. That somebody that was over somebody would often try to find ways to say to someone why they're not good enough, what yeah. they need to work on. You know, it, it never presented that way, but that's really what it was. It, it just always felt like, somebody just trying to make somebody feel bad about what they're doing, even if it's not even that bad. Um, They had to always acknowledge that they were a sinner and they needed God's grace and that they needed the church to help them be better.
0: Yeah. Had to get you. Oh, when they got you. Oh, it's you, you felt it.
1: Yeah. It was, it would, it would be called a rebuking, yeah. Whenever somebody did something extremely serious, there yep. th- then mm-hmm. then somebody would say, I'm gonna I'm gonna break that guy down. You know, a rebuking is in order. You know, a rebuking is in order. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually said those words, but it, it, close to it, man. Close to it.
0: Oh my gosh. It's
1: like I'm gonna put that person in their place.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that so so campus just became that much more intense. It felt like it felt like a world of twenty four hour surveillance before we knew what that was.
0: And it's um. weird for us. It's it's weird for us for being in campus because so like our church has such a weird history in that we were this thing that was huge, and then the letter comes out where mm-hmm. the Henry Crete that's not everybody knows that name which actually he was he was overseeing up here by the way out in virginia hmm. um he's a big he's a big name out here he's a big name in the church but anyway so we have that letter that goes out and then everything sort of goes away right and like yeah, a the church ma- he, massive 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 changes occurred yeah he um, he, he, he talks that. about everything that was going wrong and then there was a lot of like shifts But then like, but then it like, I don't know, the dust settles and then things change, but then things don't change at the same time. Like that's kind of how I viewed it. Like things were different in regards to, it wasn't so like overt, but things were kind of still, like people sort of still kind of like used kind of the same language.
1: Yeah, uh people people use what they were comfortable with. Yeah. Um so Henry Crete writes this letter that calls out all the systemic evils of the church. Mm-hmm. That, that I think he used that word. Um all the things that were in place that really weren't godly, they weren't connected to the first century church the way our church said it was you know, said it was, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole idea was that like the entire foundation of church is based on what the first century church would have done. Um, I don't have the conviction that that's really what was happening. You know, I don't, I don't believe that now, but that's what they presented. So he says, he says that, you know, a lot of things, what we're doing are wrong. So we, we need to break this down a little bit. And what ends up happening is I think before that letter, even, kip gets forced out of his position of power he's no there's no longer this cult of personality in place
0: yeah that's i
1: i I didn't feel a lot i didn't really feel that where where i was in atlanta um all i all i felt was like you know my ministry leader the guy who's over the campus ministry and then a slight connection to the guy that was over the city um i didn't Really think about Kip at all, but the truth was, as you got closer to his center of power, as you got closer to like LA, where his base power was, like he he was the guy in charge. Yeah, and and he's the one that that set the doctrine. He's he's the one that laid out all the rules. So they they basically said that you know there was a public letter that he put out saying that he was going to take a sabbatical uh, because he committed sins in his family or whatever and he steps down from his ministry leadership and then I think he tried to come back into his like go back to his position and basically they said no you know I don't think that that's right and then then about that same time I think is when the letter comes out and that was around 2003 and that's Mm -hmm. when in campus ministry like I remember a couple of distinct things happened I remember there was like a Bible talk leaders meeting that I went to is like Mm -hmm. something up in the mountains. And I remember the, uh, the Atlanta, the leader of the Atlanta church was there. He basically said that we're going to start doing things different. And I give that guy a lot of credit for that because Mm -hmm. he started saying things before everybody else did. He's like, we're going to start breaking down some of these rules. We're going to start breaking down a lot of this hierarchy. We're just going to start trying to do what's right. Um, and we're gonna get rid of a lot of these things that are hurting people and, and just focus on Jesus and, and doing the right thing. And it just seemed like the right direction. And then, how did we, you
0: get invited to that?
1: I don't know, man. I don't like I, again, I was playing the game, like I had started like wow. I had a bunch of people, like so. I was just kind of moving up the ladder or
0: whatever. Man, uh, I, was, I, was I didn't never know I was be, friends with someone so important back that's then. That's right. You were a part of the group too. Maybe <laughs> if you. Maybe it's just oh. would have focused. If I did go to those concerts on a Wednesday. Maybe if you
1: would have also maybe if you would have went to Georgia State, uh that would have helped. Yeah,
0: I know. Anyway, um go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, then then like we had a um we had like an a, an all campus like devotional on a Friday where mm-hmm. the ministry leader was like, All right, guys, here's the deal. Is like we're we're gonna we're gonna change it up. And the theme of of his message was no rules, just right.
0: I remember that. I remember being in that that little uh, that auditorium at Georgia State and when he said that. Everyone
1: lost their minds. Yep, I was everyone so excited. Went nuts. And then about a week later, we can come back to like what that means. The no rules, just right, but. About a week later, I went and visited my my brother's church up in mm-hmm. Gwinnett. And he was part of the Singles Ministry, and that was the thing. I was never allowed to go like visit other churches that I wanted to. I wanted to go visit my brother yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I never could, because they're like, "You need to be here." That was something I was told before. It's like, "Listen, man, I really is like some of these people." This is the crappiest thing anyone's ever said to me. Maybe not, but it's pretty bad. He's like, "Some of these people. It doesn't matter if they go visit another church on a Sunday." But guys like you and guys like me, we need to make sure we're here. It's like, we need to be here at our <laughs> church on Sunday. I was like, but I
0: really want to go to
1: Athens and hang out.
0: Oh, I always wanted to go to Athens.
1: I wasn't yeah. allowed.
0: I was flat out told I wasn't allowed to. And that, and you believed it. You, be, When someone said. I'm not sure dropped, I did. I mean. That's when you, it all started
1: like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But that's yeah. when it all started like, you know, like, I think some of this is bullcrap.
0: Yeah, um, I remember. Uh, what was it? A good uh, someone I know like went and asked a girl to be his girlfriend. After that one, um, no rules, just oh, right. Oh yeah,
1: how'd that go? Oh,
0: I think they started dating.
2: All right.
0: Yeah, after that, because I mean, we had so many rules. Oh my God, there's so many rules about dating. But anyway, um, do yeah, I remember.
1: To, you want me to talk I, about the dating at all?
0: We can if you want to. Um, cause I I've talked about that prior on here, but, um, I was going to say like, I remember cause a lot of like, we had that Friday, Friday night devotional where it was like, no rules, just right. And I'm, I don't know if that was the time when our campus minister said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm stepping down.
1: No, I don't think you did that then,
0: but you didn't because it was, I had uh, had
1: some conversations with him after that about several things. So there were yeah. there were there were several months after that, that but, where he, he was working through some stuff.
0: But it was also after that Sunday, that next Sunday was when we had an entire congregational service when our leader said the whole thing too. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been the Sunday and then the Friday.
1: Pro- probably so where he said it to like the whole congregation.
0: Because I remember I remember being like I'm not I'm not trying to sugarcoat things, but I remember being like, this guy's being really honest. Mm. And I don't know if I could do what he's doing to stand in front of like three thousand people and he, he
1: really he really at that time was being extremely humble. And that I was don't my think, takeaway of it. I, I had so yes. much respect for him at that time for what yes. he did and how he did it.
0: And I don't think a lot of people around the the uh, i mean around the world because this had like think about this like the letter that this guy wrote impacted the world Mm -hmm. like because it changed it sort of broke everything from this umbrella church to whatever it's now but like some people didn't have what we had you know Like I do have respect. I have respect for anybody that gets up and says, "Look, we we messed up and says something. you it know was it was my
1: experience, my impression, yeah, that Atlanta started making a lot of these changes before a lot of other churches and much more drastically than yeah. other churches. And they also adopted kind of the idea of church autonomy. Uh-huh. Before yeah. others did, and this was a big no-no because mm-hmm. one of the things that separated the international churches of Christ from the churches of Christ was the idea that, like, the churches of Christ were all kind of autonomous. They're part of the same mm-hmm. organization, same basic beliefs, but each yeah. church is in charge of its own finances, elects, elects its own elders, has its own ministers. But for the ICOC, that was considered a grave sin because everyone needed to be, um, united. There needed to be no dissensions or factions or anything like that whatsoever. So they had to make sure that everybody was the same with the same church, same creed. Um, everybody believed and did the same thing. This was Mm -hmm. extremely important. So for Atlanta to break off and start doing kind of its own thing, it was, it was seen, it was seen as being a bit extreme. And then when campus did what it did, like campus went from being like kind of like the most intense version of ICOC that it it could be to Mm -hmm. all of a sudden campus just shed all of its rules. And I remember, like I said, I went to church with my brother like the week after and I was talking to him and some of his friends and they were like, I heard you guys don't have discipling partners anymore. I was like, Yeah, man, it's pretty awesome. He's like, I don't know about that. That sounds terrible. I was like, well i don't know what to tell you i don't have one now i just got a prayer partner me and roy are just gonna hang out like it's pretty great
0: <laughs> yeah you know i yeah, mean it was it was so it was so cool to like be like i mean yeah i'm just gonna do this i'm gonna talk to this guy i'm gonna talk to that guy and for a for a few years it was it was just kind of like that like it's like that scene do you remember? Um, Oh, it's it's probably season nine of The Office that not many people watched when Andy Bernard, Andy goes off to sell his boat with his brother Mm -hmm. and he just leaves and goes to the Bahamas for like three weeks and the office just runs. And Jim is just like, who would know that like people would just show up and do work? You know, right. and, just and just do things.
1: Just do what they're supposed to do because yeah. they have good hearts and good yeah. intentions.
0: And and there was a there was a good bit of time when that was what it felt like, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah. I kind of it
1: was it was it was such a crazy time, and uh-huh. it was it was super crazy for me because I was I had gotten engaged like shortly before all that had gone down. Yeah. So sure. like, my entire world is changing. You know, like I, like I'm, I'm now about to get married, and I'm trying. I'm also in school, and I'm trying to deal with all that. But also, like the church is going nuts and is completely changing structure. So, it was a, yeah. a very wild time.
0: And you, you were dating, in the height, of it. And, I mean, I I've written about what it was like to date and I've talked to people about it and sure it was, it was something, but I mean, God, it just seemed so intense. It was just, always so intense.
1: I just want to say first and foremost that I'm, I'm still married to my wife that I met in the campus ministry. Uh uh-huh. um, I guess we briefly met in, in high school, but really got to know her uh, that freshman year of college. So, still um, married I still love her very much and i'm pretty sure she loves me
0: um <laughs> I, I always remember you would always talk about yep she i knew you were like yep i i i i knew from a, a very beginning i remember that you talking about that
2: yeah uh
1: i don't know like i'm not a here and call love at first sight but definite definite strong interest at first sight
2: yeah and that's um, the
1: other euphemism was uh interest
0: and pursuing. Interest yeah, in pursuing. pursuing. Yeah. Persuing. You would say,
1: you would say like, do you have an interest?
0: Yep. Oh God. What people yep. would
1: say, hmm? I can remember the stupid look in people's eyes when they would say that crap to you.
0: Oh yeah. It, you got an interest. But are you, hey bro, you got an interest? Bro, are you, are you interested in
1: her? Oh, yeah, my God. I think so. Pursuing. I think I am. So like, I've become interested in her pretty early on. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, after, after a couple of months, like I'm, I'm pretty sold out on this. Like this, this is who I want to go on more dates with, but the way it was structured was like, you were only allowed to go out with the person that you're interested in, like every, like once a month, every once, every four weeks, I think you actually had to get a permission to do that. Yeah. I think your discipler had to say, okay, I think you're ready to, to basically, you know, Steadily go out with them once every four weeks. So I probably got to go ahead to do that like four or five months in. And there was at least a six month period where. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot longer than that. Like there was just a long time period where I didn't really want to go on dates with anybody else. I wanted to go on dates with my wife. Who's not my mm-hmm. wife? yeah but I wasn't allowed to just do that. so you you had to again, there none of this was written down, but it was kind of the the unwritten rule. People would say it here and there what was the correct thing to do. So if I wanted to go over there once a month, I would need to take at least two other people out. So I'd have to go on three dates that month and only one of those could be with the person that I wanted to. And then it was <laughs> yeah. Again, a lot of treasure is spent on this. Like yeah. so much money is spent going on these dates. It's not cheap to go out to eat in Atlanta. No, you it's be not. T.J. Um,
0: Fridays is expensive.
1: It is. It is. And then some, some crazy like person chillies. wants to go to Maggiano's.
0: Um, oh God! I, I'm God. pretty sure I, t- I took her on our first
1: date. We went to Maggiano's, and uh-huh. I'm glad we came back to this. Uh, we went to the Sundial which is like the revolving restaurant on top of the Weston Peace yeah. Plaza, which uh-huh. meant I had to go up that glass elevator that we discussed. Oh, geez. I was so afraid. But it was also, it was like way too extravagant for a first date. Uh, whose idea was that? I guess it was my idea because I wanted to impress her. Um, my first date
0: was to a wedding. So that's great.
1: Yeah. Wedding was always a big deal. If you Because it was free weddings. food. Well, it's, it's free food. Wedding is a big deal because of the emotional implication.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is is it, a lot of romance going on. Also, it's a long date. A wedding is a long date because you're going and you're getting the food and stuff. And if, if you go eat somewhere after, if you go to the reception, if there's any kind of after event, you can end up on like a six to eight hour date, which is I went, obscene.
0: I went to uh it was a wedding then we went to a Chinese buffet and then we went and <laughs> saw a movie because there was no, we weren't allowed to go to the, uh, yeah. You weren't to invited the to the reception. Yeah. yeah. I know.
1: Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Wedding and Chinese buffet.
0: Yeah. I was so annoyed the whole time that I, I popped a tire. My dad had to come and like, help me. Oh, oh man. Gosh. That's embarrassing. So, but Yeah. Anyway. So
1: anyway, it was, it was a year before I was like allowed to date my wife. Yeah. Like uh we had been dating each other, like going on dates and pretty much interested in just each other for a year. But then you had to get like approval from the ministry leader. I think you had to come down from the campus ministry leader as to whether or not you could date. So they were keeping tabs on, on who liked who and who was allowed Mm -hmm. to like, consistently date and once you were dating you're allowed to go on dates every saturday night with that one person you still had to go on double dates so you had to have another couple there with you unless you got like some kind of special exemption and Um, it was
0: the worst when a double date fell through
1: uh yeah i mean i don't i don't remember that happening too much um But A lot of of times it was like you were at the mercy of whether or not the person you were doubling with is, uh, I don't know what the word is, responsible. They're going to show up on time because you got to go pick them up and then you got to go pick up the girls.
0: I always tried to do it with friends of mine that I was close with so that we like either they stayed at my house or... It was just easier that way. So, you never like. So, after the letter, I remember after everything shifted, no rules, just right. I love, I, re- oh my God, you said that. And I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I like took me back. But I remember going on my first date without a double date. Yeah. And it was like weird, you know?
1: Yeah. You're like, what could happen right
0: now? I know. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, nothing's going to happen. We're yeah. fine. We're going to yeah. be okay. Like people are able to just be people."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man, I mean there was some weird stuff that happened after that. I remember uh there was a um God, I might get in trouble for this, but whatever. Um we did a we did a margarita and piña colada party.
1: Yeah. People were allowed to drink alcohol. So, yeah.
0: but nobody knew how to make it really. And so it was a really, really, it just, it, it just devolved into chaos. It was just pure tequila. It was just pure tequila, tequila pure lime rum. juice. Oh, it was, it was, it was terrible. It's hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's kind of what happened. Like some people went buck wild with it. And they're like, I'm free. And next thing you know, I'm drunk.
0: Um, yeah. or I'm free that you'd ever saw those people again. And you never saw them again,
1: <laughs> or I'm free. And I, now they're married.
0: Yep. Great. Some of
1: those people that did that, they're still married.
0: I know. Yeah. And
1: a lot well, of those people like... that did that, did it, did it the way I did it. They're not.
0: Yep. And,
1: and I think the perception, and, and that's what I want to like bust up a little bit. Like the perception was everything was arranged. Uh-huh. My situation was not. I saw some where it seemed like some people were kind of pressured into like uh, being with someone that was kind of on their level, like hierarchy wise, like they've Mm -hmm. got, you know, the same uh, leadership potential. I'm using a lot of like words that are probably triggering people, but, you know, they basically discipled about the same number of people as the other did. Um, So there, there are some of those. It's like, Some of those marriages didn't didn't make it. Some of them were really really rocky. I don't I don't know. I mean, all I know is my own experience. um, In that it was genuine, and that we genuinely cared about each other. That the rules, in hindsight, made it very very difficult for us. Um, You know, in some ways, I'm grateful for having that extra year of just kind of like focusing on church and school and stuff. but I'm so frustrated that I didn't get to spend more time with the person that I cared about. Yeah. And I had to spend it with all these people that, uh, you know, I didn't care as much about, at least not in that way.
0: And and um, they're missing out too. Yeah. the same, you know? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. it's tough. It, again, there's a lot of it. I don't agree with There's a lot of like weird rules in place. Like, mm-hmm the time that you were allowed to spend alone with each other was kind of regulated. Um, Some places like they, it was frowned upon to even kiss your girlfriend. We were allowed to kiss, but it was only like once a week at the end of the date and it should not be more than three seconds. Roy. I would kiss, I would kiss this person. Now my wife. Uh And I would count in my head. One, two, three. Yeah. And I think that's pretty messed up. I really do. Like does, I just probably didn't... does that go away.
0: That feeling go away? Or that like idea that like that um it's not that someone's watching, but like the feeling of appropriate.
1: I want to do what was appropriate and right, and you want to do yeah. what was like sexually pure. <laughs> um you know that was a word that was bandied around a lot was purity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I want to do what was right, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just frustrating. It's dumb. Like, I don't, I don't think that there was, I don't think that's the right way to handle that situation. I don't think that's the right way to talk to someone. I think the rules ended up getting put in place because they became ways of, of controlling a large population of people. Mm-hmm. Who, who have various degrees of self control. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Just various degrees of self control, and it, it became legalism. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 not right to tell somebody that they can only kiss their girlfriend for three seconds. I I I, I don't know how to say it any other way. It's just that's not right. Um. Mm-hmm. And that's what was told to us. And that's what was pretty much told to everyone else. Again, not like the official regulation, but the advice, I'm doing finger quotes, advice that was, that was given to me and all this stuff like kind of worked in my head. And it just made me feel like any extra time that I spent with her would be judged,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I would be a weasel. Um, Like the people that were over you would say things like that sometimes.
0: Got it. I, but But I called kids weasels. And now I look back and like, God, that was that was terrible. Well,
1: here's what happened is it became a part of the culture to do things like that. Like, and so it didn't require a leader to say to you, hey Joe, you were being a weasel because you're hanging out with your girlfriend after church at the pizza place. You know, but what would happen was some random person would say it to you. And then some other random person would say it to you. And then it's just, it's living in your head, rent free. And that's what I feel like that's what happened to me. Like there was a time where I hurt her feelings because we lived in the same dorm building one year. And mm-hmm. these, these little turds in that were freshmen would set off the fire alarm at 3am almost every night. And really? Every, yes. It, it happened for a while there. And then everybody's downstairs in their pajamas in the cold, just waiting for the fire alarm to go off for the fire department to figure it out. And it'd be down there. And I would be afraid to talk to the girl that I was dating because I didn't want somebody to like see it. And so that would hurt her feelings. She felt like I didn't want to talk to her. I just had all these voices in the back of my head saying, if you go do that, then you're spending too much time with her and that's not appropriate. And you're a weasel if you do that
0: so much mental gymnastics.
1: Yeah. God. Yeah. Just like little things just like constantly like working at you.
0: But how do you shed that? Like, that's something I think about because there's things like that comes up in my, even now that I'm like, nope, that that's that old program, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think about this stuff really like mm-hmm. that's 20 that something years ago. And, it, the beauty of it I hate to say it roy is that i didn't grow up in it
2: and yeah. since i kid yeah yeah exactly <laughs> sucks to be you <laughs> uh, yeah. you know i didn't grow up
1: in it so huh. it, it's like it's there it like it happened to me like huh. there were things that happened that really bothered me and they didn't bother me so much directly after it but like years later you start processing it as a grown adult and you start thinking about like, what if your kids had to go through something like that? And and so, like years later, you look at it and you're like, that's pretty screwed up. And that was that was really messed up. And it becomes something you have to process. But um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's not as hard if, yeah. if if you didn't if you didn't have that church structure in your head from the time you're born. Like I could, I could do the mental gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I could. I could separate that life experience from another life experience that I had Mm -hmm. and having something else to compare it to helps greatly when you have to process it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I remember realizing this was going to be a, this is a thing in my life that I need to really deal with when I'm, I'm doing, I'm getting in a fight with my girlfriend on new year's Eve up here in Virginia and it, I hadn't been a part of the church for years. And I'm realizing that I'm only freaking out because of the old patterns. All yeah, the because, reason I was upset was because of how new year's Eve was in our church. Yeah. It like
1: was like the special date. You had yeah. to have everything right. You spent the extra yeah. money, everybody dressed up.
0: Things yeah. weren't going, things weren't going right on our date. And I was freaking out. And my wife was, and you know, she was like, why is this such a big deal? Yeah, and then I was like, it clicked. I was like, oh my god, it's church.
2: <laughs> yeah, that happens. that happens. And it to me had been too,
0: like sometimes. twenty years. Yeah, yeah.
1: You don't, you don't, you don't understand like why certain yeah. things like really get you worked up sometimes, and then you you connect it back to a, a past experience you
0: had. So, yeah,
2: I mean that so, makes well, sense.
0: Yeah, so your exit if it's, if you can call it an exit, I feel like you can call it an exit, but was it like, what was that like? Like, when did you know? Like, did you know, like, I've got to get out of this or was it like, I'm just going to constantly move away from it. I don't know. What was that?
1: Yeah. Like? So all the things that we just discussed to me, are a completely different church in situation from what I stopped going to. Uh-huh. So what we'll, we'll cover about 17 years of history in 30 seconds. Like basically after campus, we got married. We went to a, a, a marriage ministry. Um, churches started like splintering off in the Atlanta area. Um, that's where you get the, the North views of the world. So like yeah. up in Roswell, like you get Northview is established. We ended up going to one in Marietta. That's where my wife's family was, was located. We were there for some years and then, you know, we started having kids. It just didn't feel right where we were. So we decided to give Northview a try. Um, we were there for some years. So our kids starting to get older. It was a, a real good environment for us. Um, decided that we wanted to try to go back to to the church where my wife's family my wife's parents were at and I was like I want my kids to be close to their grandparents and their their cousin um you know so we we went we were there for several years so a lot is happening here I you know we're becoming full-fledged adults we're we're having kids we're we've got grown up jobs and all that. So it's like a a lot has changed. And it's like, I I completely reworked my entire like theology in my head, like what I believe and don't believe what I think is appropriate in a church and what is not. And then everything kind of comes to a head when COVID hits, when COVID hits, people stop going to church. And by that point, where we were, I had just gotten so frustrated with, frustrated with a lot of things because a lot of the old things started happening again. Some of the, some of the people that had been in positions of leadership in the, in the church in the, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s were still leaders at this church. And some of the things that we had, I thought we kind of agreed not to do anymore, started popping back up. And it just felt like I didn't have a voice in it. You know, me being, you know, almost 40 years old at that time and and having kids, like being a part of that children's ministry. Like we, we were teaching a lot, like doing kids classes and stuff. It just felt like we were there just to do kids classes. And my kids didn't really seem connected to anyone. And then I just started just disagreeing with everything that was being said from the pulpit. Hmm. um so by the time covid hits and people aren't coming to church anymore uh you know i was still watching like tr- watching church on sundays like on you know pulled up on the internet watching on tv or whatever um you know trying in some way to be connected and the whole time like still having friends like friendships that i, I had at church um But then I just started feeling happier. Hmm. I started feeling happier because I wasn't going to church on Sunday. I started feeling happier because I didn't have that thing in the back of my mind saying, I don't agree with what they're doing or how they're doing it. Or I think that what they're doing is not necessarily helping people. It might be hurting people. Um, So my exit was kind of like it it, it it didn't go out with a bang. It was just kind of like a wet fart,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it just kind of like, all right, I'm not going anymore. And I actually yeah. talked to a lot of people that had a very similar experience. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like I, I that's been about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, If I just stopped going to church 20 years ago, then they would have said that you've fallen away. You're no longer, um, you know, you're no longer part of the church. You're you're not going to heaven anymore. And then like anybody that was your friends at church would have been encouraged to not talk to you anymore uh, unless they were trying to get you to go to church again. Um, Whereas now it's like my friends are still my friends, whether they go to church or not. And so in, in that, in that regard, it's, it's a lot different. Um, it doesn't feel like that same structured hierarchical thing it just feels more like a normal church is what it felt like um, and, yeah. and just not going to that anymore mm-hmm. so
0: I just threw a lot yeah. at you no it's fine I think you mentioned about that falling away part and I remember when I when I was leaving because I left considerable years before you, probably six, six or seven. No, I left in 2010. Mm-hmm. And there was a fear, visceral fear, that I was going to be losing people, leaving. And because if you quit, that was it, you know? You're cut off you you were you were cut off you know and I remember I cut off people you know I had to track down some people when they left because they were hiding <laughs> essentially you know our good friend he was hiding yeah you know I'm glad that I found him <clears throat> because you know 15 years later we're super close but but it was real. You know, because you couldn't disagree. You couldn't, you were, you were leaving. You were leaving God.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the way it was presented. It's like you're leaving God, you're choosing not to be a part of God's people anymore. And
2: yeah.
1: And huh? they, nobody ever said shun this person, but I'll tell you that there were there were three guys that I lived with pretty early on that they all were a part of the church for a minute. And then they, they left for different reasons. And every single one of them just felt like, well, I'm going to be shunned and ostracized. So I'm just going to cut off all ties and they just dip yeah. out without really saying bye or anything. And I always had a problem with that. Like at the time it was extremely hurtful for me for them to do that. I was like, we were friends. Like we shared our deepest, darkest secrets. We were out at night, early morning, praying, like sorting through all our worldly issues and and you just bailed on me yeah, but i understand now like mm-hmm. what was really like working in the back of their mind that they felt like that's what they had to do you know because that's just what you do you i know, mean you, yeah
0: it was real even how much i trusted you it was hard to say that i wasn't going to do it it was hard i remember when i had to <laughs> you probably don't even remember this but when i i had i had not told you that i was like leaving and i was moving in with who's now my wife because there were feelings you you would just had this residual feeling that like if you do something that's opposite of what the narrative is or whatever people are saying you do like that was it right yeah and I love that it was false. My, my all everything that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I mean, I'm here because of friends that stuck with me, you know, present company included. But like, yeah, it was it was a big deal. So, I mean, whew, yeah. You yeah. say fall away. It's a trigger. It's a triggering word. Is man. that is that one?
1: Yeah, fall away.
0: Yeah, but like, but like, would you? Did you feel freer to just explore whatever this is? I mean, you know, I, what
2: I, I,
1: I, I felt, I felt free for a while
2: mm-hmm.
1: to have because I've just separated myself from it for a long time. Um, I haven't wrapped up my identity and self-worth with it the way I did when I was younger, you know. For some time, especially since I've, I've had children, I've just felt like an independent person. It's like I've I've got my wife, I've got my kids. This is what matters. We are all that matters. In a very, yeah. I don't mean that completely, but you know that we we are the most important things in the world. It's it's my job to take care of this family, and like that that's my central focus. And since my mindset changed to that, like uh, it stopped getting so wrapped up in church. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, a lot of things, I just stopped believing that they were saying at church and stuff. So I kind of disconnected from that for a while. Um, it got to a point where I was like, I'm not even sure this is this, I believe in the same God as what is being presented here. And, and so it wasn't like an on off switch as far as like, okay, I stopped going to church. So now I feel completely different. I, I felt completely different. So therefore I stopped going to church.
0: Yeah. You mentioned like believing in that God. I think that's something that I can, I can resonate with, you know, what was, what was, what was shown to me wasn't what I believe in anymore. Yeah. I, I think a big thing for me that I was able to to get sort of like disseminate is just that idea that it like it wasn't God that was doing this. It was a church and a bunch of people. Yeah. And once I realized that, it made everything smaller. And I was able to let go of some things.
1: Yeah, that helped me a lot. There, There was a time like, I don't know sometime after like 2010, something like that, where like me and you and a bunch of other guys had gotten talking and starting actually like reading books and stuff and and discussing Mm -hmm. a lot of these things that like God became just so much bigger. Yeah. God, God was removed from the box Mm -hmm. and yeah, when God became bigger, everything else became smaller. Uh Uh-huh. And since, since God was so much more, I don't know, like all the church dogma just didn't really mean anything to me anymore.
2: Yeah. Um, So that,
1: and and when that, when that started happening, that was kind of like what I consider my spiritual awakening and um, it set me free from a lot of this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and then then I'm able to like examine things a little more subjectively and, Uh you know, analyze them for what they are. This, this was a church structure thing that was not right. And, and this was something that an individual person did to me that was not right. And this is something that I did and that was not right. You know, I can kind of break those things out that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people can't, a lot of people look at it as like God doing this, God saying that. And yeah. I can get, I get it when people say that because that's what I felt. But I think something that I, I was telling i've never i don't know if i've shared this on this or not but i i used to th- it's like i went from like a lowercase g god to uppercase g mm-hmm. like i feel like that's the god i i was shown a lowercase g god with a very black and white sort of mindset and, and like dogma and like it was you know in and out all this like type of stuff and it was just those type of thinking was just used for just control and obedience, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Most Mm -hmm. of it was for control,
0: you know, and, and it's just interesting. Like I think about time, how much time that we were just in this. And it's, it's because of the amount of time Though the the thing that I think uh, the positive about all this is like because we were constantly around each other and these people, we were able to develop some really cool friendships. We were lucky in that, you know. Yeah. Like you would be at something and you would see somebody like five times a week. You know, like where else is yeah, that? Yeah, man. Gonna it's happen? like you you, you really got
1: really really close
0: to people or you just really hated somebody's guts. Oh, I mean. Yeah. More, more the other but yeah there were a few that landed but you're like when <laughs> when 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 it lands and you're around them i mean that's that's so much time you know yeah and there was a beauty to that because a lot of people didn't have that and a lot of people don't have that now because now in your 40s with trying to like with kids and full-time jobs it's hard
1: Yeah. It's, it's incredibly hard to make friends as an adult. Mm. Um, like we, we spend so much time around each other. Like I said, like, I mean, you and I didn't live together, but they're guys I lived with for, you know, years. And, um, you know, you, you, even if you don't talk to those people anymore, like you still have this closeness because, um, you know, it's a very formative time of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, nostalgia is a heck of a drug and you you look back on things fondly. So, you know, for, for you and I to come away with it with like an enduring friendship is like, I mean, that's a win. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that there, there's a lot of that. Like I see a lot of guys and, and women that that have that um a closeness to to people that yeah. they build a relationship in this thing and it's almost like you come through on the other side of it in spite of all of it. um you know, you have a good friendship. so
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I think the ones that are able to do that are, are the ones that are able to like identify well what what's the good from the bad? Uh-huh. And it's hard to do. I don't I don't judge anybody uh, for that yeah. that has a different viewpoint on it because there there was so much bad. Um, there was mm-hmm. so much that was just absolutely wrong about the church I was in. I feel like it was only like five years, but, um, during that time, I mean, there's, there was a lot of bad, but there was tremendous good from it. And, you know, there's friendships there. I, I would not have met my wife and have my family and have the life that I have without that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how can I look on that and just throw the baby out with the bathwater?
0: You know. Can't right? I found, yeah. I found, I found a purpose for life through camp because of the church. You know, with working with kids and and that like aspect. I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. I do think though, we're lucky. A lot of people didn't have it. A yeah. lot of people didn't. They were tossed aside. They were used and abused in ways that we don't understand so it, it makes it hard it makes it me does. So sad I, you
1: know and I, I I question is like well, what was my part in that and did I contribute to any of that so like I don't I don't feel a ton of guilt I don't I don't consider guilt to be the most useful of emotions but every once in a while I'm like man I really hope I didn't do that I hope I, hope I didn't you know hurt somebody because I just I think that the number one job of religion is first do no harm yeah and and it's like it we i feel like i was actively like trying to i was trying to be a good person i was mm-hmm. trying to make my life better and become a better person every day and i was trying to help other people do the same i was trying to present something to people that would give them the tools necessary to live to live a better life to to be connected with god yeah and and live a happy fulfilled purposeful life that's what i was trying to do but man like all the baggage from church and stuff just got thrown in there with it and so it's
0: i don't know it's hard to it's hard to let go of the baggage it's hard to to realize the baggage doesn't have to be carried you know yeah it's 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 tough um what do you think man we were in a cult.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, for a while there.
0: <laughs> yeah, a pretty good bit.
1: I mean, it, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to say that you're not like early yeah. on. They like even in the studies they tried to say, well, a lot of people say this is a cult, and this is this is not true. This is uh, just people persecuting us, and these are the things you got to look out for. But also, after we talk about this, don't ever look any of this up again, ever. Like, don't look it up on the <laughs> yes. internet if it comes on tv turn it
0: off yeah
1: don't pay any attention to it because that is spiritual pornography and <laughs> that's what it was called uh, spiritual
0: pornography. that yeah. is spiritual pornography
1: yeah uh, you should not look at that if you look at it it's like you can't unsee what you've seen yeah um <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> uh, yeah go
0: ahead no i was just gonna say there was uh when i was an usher uh there was one, I think it was actually the the service that it was after the letter and uh, someone had tipped everyone off that someone was going to have a camera in the audience. Mm. And I remember having to like walk up and down the aisles looking for bags that looked like they had a camera.
1: Nice. I didn't uh, know that, about that. That's great. Yeah,
0: that just, uh, that popped up in my head. No, but anyway. before go, everybody go. had a camera on their cell phone. Yeah. I mean, um, oh my gosh, if that had happened nowadays. Yeah. Would have 18, been sound 18 bites different and perspectives flips. on TikTok
1: oh with gosh. the the worst like soundtracks, the Oh No song in the background. Yep. The Oh No, oh no. song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's, but it's hard to like, look at, look back on it. Look at the, the structure, the hierarchy that was built like a multi-level marketing set up. Um, everything was about numbers. It, when I, when I got my first job out of college, it was a, it was a sales job mm-hmm. and it, I understood it completely because it was just like church. It, <laughs> it was all about improving your numbers year over year. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you reported to this guy and this guy reported to this guy. Uh, you yeah. know, it was very much that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to look at all the rules that were in place that are nowhere in the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's, it, it's hard to look at there being one guy on top and what he says goes. Um, and then him splitting off and just trying to do the same thing over again when people push back against it. I don't know. It's hard to look, look at that and say, oh, that's, that's not culty. Like there's so many yeah. things that I had to do mental gymnastics about to, to justify that just make it that much. It's just so much different from a normal church. You know, every church has yeah. its issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the point now where I have I struggle with the idea of going to any church because I just can't see myself. Uh, I don't really want to go into that, but yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, but, but there were so many things about this one specific, you know, church experience that I had as like, that's, that's pretty culty. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, well,
1: but nobody that's... wanted to say it. Nobody wants to say it. Like it came up all the time.
0: Yeah, it did. there were multiple Canon videos where you would have the lawyers from the church be like, we, we, we want a case. It was a it was a cult case and stuff like that, and you just were like, okay, no, people are just trying to hold us back. It's the devil or it's whatever. You know? But
1: but but here's here's the difference. It, here's where there's there's two two things working against themselves in my mind. There there's all that there's the church hierarchy structure rules, and then there's all the people that I knew inside of the church that were just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And all the, all the parents just trying to do the right thing for their kids, you know, all, all the students just trying to be a little bit different from the crazy world that they're growing up in, you know, like all, all the people in relationships trying to do the right thing by their partner, you know, is there's so many people just trying to help each other out and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was, there were things about the structure that were pretty culty, but there were so many people in it that that I consider to be just just salt of the earth, the best people on this planet just doing the best they knew how
0: so. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. Well, thank you for sharing. I, um, I'm grateful for you to come on and let me share your story. Um, was awesome. It was awesome. It's awesome just to talk to you about yeah, this. Yeah, good to
1: talk to you. <laughs> Did we record yeah. any of that or?
0: Yeah, we recorded, I hit recording before. Um, well, thanks for worry. letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, if anybody listening was a part of the ICOC and wants to share the story and add to this conversation, you know, feel free to reach out through Instagram, or you can email me at balancedmailpcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Joe. It's yeah, man, to... thanks
1: for having me. It's, it's good talking with you. It's good to work through all this stuff. It, I just want to say it's it's really, really hard not to go through it all and, like, make a joke out of things or, or to sound, I don't know, I don't want to sound hateful or bitter, like, because I'm really not. I I hope I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be like a, a happy, vibrant person. That's, well, that's not exactly what I'm known for, but you know, like i try to leave a lot of this stuff behind me, but I think there's a lot of value in calling this stuff out for what it was. Yeah. We're looking at the mistakes of the past and just trying to be a little bit better and yeah. And just going from there and just trying to be the best people we can be to, you know, the people we care about the most. So.
0: It's awesome, man. Awesome words. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see you soon.